Hello and welcome to the 4 Comic Junkies Podcast. When the comics aren't enough and you need a little extra fix. I'm your host JJ Hodges and today we are ending our weird little Superman month thing that kind of turned into a Superman thing. It wasn't supposed to be but then it was sort of (laughs) because of some of the stuff we did had, you know, everything had Superman in it for some reason. Whatever. Either way, I am ecstatic because we are doing something very special today. That's right, the Vigilante 1939. The other two uh, Vigilantes are on the show completing my set. Uh, I'm a collector, as you know. Um, (laughs) Actually, maybe you don't know that. I never talked about that on the show. I don't think I have. Doesn't matter. Either way, we got Daddy Bats and Nico Caruso on on the show talking about Justice League, the animated series. Um, you know, one of the all-time great superheroes uh, series, I guess, uh, you know, of all time. Uh, there's There's no doubt about it. It has some of the most compelling storytelling and art and storylines it's just there's there was a lot to digest with this show um and it's one it's one of you know a few that you know i can rewatch over and over and over and still just have a big old smile on my face um yeah so and and you know and it was so great getting to talk to the carusos because they're also big fans and we just, you know, we had this amazing chat, you know, that, that, you know, it's a little over an hour and we were all just all smiles the whole time. Um, yeah, so I can't wait to uh, get them back and I can't wait for you to listen to this episode. So uh, before we get into it, you know, as always, uh, this podcast is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network hosted by Batman on Film. Go to batmanpodcastnetwork.com and find all sorts of cool, geeky uh Super awesome podcast there. You can find me Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram uh, at 4ComicJunkies. That's F-O-R, 4. And you can email me, 4ComicJunkies at gmail.com. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, write a review, say, hey, JJ's cool, and I like his beard. I don't know. Whatever. Okay. Let's get right into it. Justice League. The animated series. All right, so we have the Carusos here. I have the whole Vigilante 1939 set now because I had a conversation with Zeddy, and now I have you guys here. How are you both doing today? Doing wonderful, man. Excited to uh, to be on your show, and uh, really, really looking forward to talking about something that's been one of my favorite. Favorite pieces of DC content in my life. Yeah, happy to return, JJ. We're picking up where we left off after our Watchmen talk with Jesse. Shout out to Jesse. I know you're out there. Uh, but no, very excited. Happy to happy to be back. And like my dad said, it's a very cool topic. And, and thank you for having us on this fine day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're talking Justice League, the animated series, um, which premiered back in uh, November 2001 which is, um, you know, in a lot of ways crazy because that now means that I have to admit that I'm old. Um, and, <laughs> but uh, it's, 
it, it's crazy to me because the show in a weird way, these shows, the uh, Superman, Batman, Batman Beyond, there's something timeless about them that they feel like they mm -hmm. could have been made yesterday or they, I, or I feel like I could be looking into the future in a weird way. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, sure. I don't, I, I don't get what, what they did, what Bruce Tim and his team, they had the magic formula. And even like Teen Titans was a little bit like that. Uh, Young Justice is a little bit like that. Teen Titans Go is something else. Um, it's good for the kitties, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but let's let's uh, let's get into our. Uh, uh, so Daddy Bats here, Mr. Caruso. Mm -hmm. um, question I'd like to ask the new guests is: What is your secret origin when it comes to comic books and you know fandom and all that? God, I go back. I mean, it's going to go back a long way, but I, I go back to 19, like 74, 75. I was a 10 year old kid and I was in a local drugstore. And for the first time in my life, I spotted a spinner rack. Mm -hmm. And on that spinner rack, the thing that jumped out at me was an issue of Batman. It's, it, I, it's number 262. It was a scarecrow story. And the cover was just so beautiful. It was scarecrow on a roller coaster uh with batman just below him and it just i had never seen anything like that and i remember grabbing it picking it up and paging through it and because the batman that i was used to was the adam west 66 show um that was my first obviously initiation into it but that was just something i watched on tv coming home after school yeah but the comic book just it was the beginning of this relationship that's lasted i don't know 45 years or so mm -hmm. and uh i remember running home and reading the story and it was it was a darker story as a 10 year old it was i understood it yeah. but it was much different than anything i had ever seen before it was a serious batman and from that moment jd i've just been i've just been hooked i've never stopped i've i've been like it's been one continuous ride since then that's awesome um, and, and I love that there's this um, family element that you've passed that on to your son and, um, and, you know, you guys get to, uh, you know, share this podcast and, uh, and get to, um, you know, just both of you get to, you know, geek out and come on other guys, other people's shows, you know, cause I listened to your episode with, uh, with Ryan Lauer um, <laughs> and it's, and it's so much fun to like hear both of you be so excited and everything. And, you know, we, we all, and I think that our community that we've built up here over the past few years, uh, and I've been lucky enough to join it the past, uh, past year really is, you know, we, we get to sit down and go, Oh my gosh, like, isn't it great all this stuff because mm -hmm. Twitter and, and, you know, social media in general can just be so like, you know, toxic and, mm. and, and upsetting. Um, like I made a, you know, because I, I, I said something like uh, with Jesse, uh, slightly off topic, where we were talking about uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. And I know you're, you're all not big on that one, but I was like, I said, like, yeah, I don't think it was that good. And then we rewatched it and I was like, oh, it actually was kind of good. I think I let the Internet tell me it wasn't good when I actually did enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's tough to kind of like stick to your bearings a little bit. And I think it's easier when you have something that's sort of unanimous unanimously praised like justice mm -hmm. league um and i remember seeing previews for it um on cartoon network and just thinking like like what is this like what's going on here 
Um, and then, and then trying to, and this is like the early, early days of the internet. So I'm trying to like, look up like JLA trailer and couldn't find anything, not realizing that it wasn't called JLA. It was called just justice league. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Cause you know, I, I think I had read that it was going to be kind of based on like grand Morrison's comics. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, it'll be called JLA. And mm. it wasn't, but, uh, but you know, so let's, let's, let's get right into it. You know, the, this show more so than the other ones really embraced its uh maturity i think mm -hmm. you know whereas like there was always that mature storytelling that they had um and i think that this one is still accessible to kids i think kids can still watch it but at the same time they do they you know they get pretty deep they get pretty heavy with some of the some of the stories that go whoops lost my ear lost my ear bud all right, here we go. Uh, they get pretty deep in into some of the stories that they want to tell, and it's and it's just like I watch it and think, I feel like, I, I feel like I shouldn't be feeling all the things I'm feeling watching a cartoon. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean it's the perfect adaptation that we've ever gotten of the Justice League. Yep. And you're so right when you say that it's timeless. This this art style, uh, what they went for. It just it, it never really ages. Right. Because it's kind of unique yep. what they created with Batman animated and then Superman and so on. And then, J.J., they also adapted some of the great stories from D.C. and they brought in a lot of the a lot of the writers wrote episodes. So I remember like you because Nick was only like six, I think, yeah, when yeah. when this premiered. But I remember being like because he had Cartoon Network on all the time. Yeah, yeah. And I remember being so excited when I saw it, when I when I heard about it. Cause again, there was no Twitter at the time or yeah. Facebook. I, I probably just caught something in an announcement or something like that. And I like was so because when I read Batman in 1974, 75, one of the other early titles that caught my eye then was Justice League of America. Mm -hmm. Because it was like unbelievable to me as a kid that all these arrows formed a team. I knew nothing about that. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the Superfronts cartoon. So this you're so right. It's such a great show that is there is adult content in there. They 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 get into relationships and in real life adult matters. So it's 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 much like Batman animated where it's really geared for an adult. But, yeah, the kids can watch it, too. Yeah. And what's cool about it to, to echo each of those points, I do think the maturity is there, which, you know, I, re I really loved when I started to watch it, you know, it kind of helped me mature in a way because you're watching all these heroes with these high stakes and these choices that they have to make. Like it, it, it can resonate even with the younger audience, I think, and that is why it's so timeless. But what was cool for me is this was my big introduction into the larger DC universe yeah. outside of just batman yeah, you know yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. let me know who the just league is i learned who the flash was i learned who the green lantern was and it's also why my preferred lantern is stewart and my preferred flash is wally because oh, of the show yeah. um yeah, because yeah. i met them through this and they were my i had to learn you know as i aged when i became older as the show and as it progressed in the just league unlimited and as i started to um explode more into comic books etc i had to learn oh wait there was hell jordan before mm -hmm. this guy there was yep. barry allen before this guy um but 
it was cool because like i said as that roster keeps expanding and the characters they introduce like in the uh in the aquaman episode the terror beyond this first time i saw like dr fate and you were telling me like who dr fate was and solomon yeah. grundy and characters like that so i think what it really I think something cool it did for, for the younger audience and the, the more Gen Z's and m- millennials at this point is it showed them the DC universe. Cause there wasn't really an Avengers cartoon. Not yet. Like this till yeah. recently. So a lot of people, but, but were then like, there was the one that came was great. Too, exactly. Yeah. But then there's people who know the just League, who just know the yep. concept of the Justice right. League because yep. of this show, sure. which is great. This is the justice league for many generations. Yeah. For, I mean, this is really my is. justice yeah. league. This is my ideal lineup mm-hmm. and my, ideal set of characters well yeah and that you know obviously scott snyder felt the same way that was his roster when Mm -hmm. he did his run um and i think that 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 speaks a lot to the staying power of the show so you know when they announced it it was going to be on dc universe and then hbo max you know everybody was excited you know it's like i i own the dvds but i'm still excited i'm like well yeah Mm -hmm. a little bit easier to watch here you know you know because i always joke with my friends like that it's like it's like, oh, my internet's down, so I have to put in a DVD. Like, I'm sort of, sort of an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> the like, it's, man, like, it's 2002 over here or something. But um, but but seriously, you know, the I, I think what the show did really well was it, 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 it allowed for the characters to rotate through the episodes. Mm-hmm. So we never just dealt with all seven of them at once. You know, um, <clears throat> so it wasn't like Power Rangers in that way, right? Where like Power Rangers is like, it's always all of them. Like in this case, it's like, okay, so we'll we'll have Batman take a back seat, which again was smart for the first several episodes. Batman's not in a bunch of them, um, even though he's in pretty much every single episode in season two and <laughs> Justice League Unlimited and everything. I was like, oh yeah, he's part-time, sure. You know, whatever you want to tell me, uh, but he's not. Anyway, uh, but seriously, it's like, okay, so... You know, we'd have an episode with Wonder Woman, Superman, and Flash, or we'd have, you know, Green Lantern and uh, the Flash. They did the Gorilla Grodd episode, the first part mm-hmm. of that. It was just them. Um, and even, like, being able to introduce Aquaman, or at least a, a new version of Aquaman that was sort of a retcon from the Superman animated series. Um, but, you know, it, it so it allowed the characters to grow and everything, uh, which was great for us as, as the audience that's learning about these characters. So I got to learn about John Stewart with the uh, the Metamorpho episode. I didn't know mm-hmm. who he was, yeah. you know, and uh, and you know Simon Stagg. I was like I was like who I was like who's this guy, you know, like characters that you know. Eventually they introduced uh, Eclipso, um, and even some of the other heroes that they introduced, um, like uh, and and even you know uh, the Injustice League episode. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who the Humanite was. I didn't know who uh, Copperhead was. I kind of knew the cheetah was like Wonder Woman's main villain, but that's all I knew about her, you know. How about um, the Devil Ray? They couldn't call him Black Manta, remember? So they called him Devil Ray. I was super confused by that. I was like, <laughs> I was like who is this guy? Yeah. But, but then they also, but I remember being frustrated. I knew who the Justice Society was, but I remember being frustrated. And still to this day, I'm frustrated that it wasn't the Justice Society in that um, that episode with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I guess the, when DC had seen the script, they were like, well, you know, you're killing off the characters. We can't have that. Mm-hmm. And I still think that's the dumbest excuse in the world. It's mm-hmm. an alternate Earth. Get over it. You know, we can mm-hmm. they can retcon it later. That, Like I just said, they retcon Aquaman from <laughs> Superman. But yes, you know, but anyway, but in talking about like those mature themes, there is a great line in it when they're teaming up with the Justice Guild. And he says, 
you know, the, the streak says to John Stewart, he's like, he's like, you know, happy to have, uh, you know, happy to have help here. You're a credit to your people. And that line went over my head as a kid. Mm-hmm. When I rewatch it as an adult, I was like, Oh, that's not okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just, it, mm-hmm. it, it could have a line like that, that, you know, and even like John's reaction where he's just like, uh, yeah, thanks. You know, like, man, now, now it's a little uncomfortable, isn't it? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, you're so right. I mean, uh, it, it, I guess contractually they couldn't use some names or whatever. I, I, I would have liked to maybe, I should research that. I should have, why they could use some stuff and they didn't. But yeah. that's always been kind of the case with these shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, it was the same. I think they wanted to have some sort of more uniform look and they weren't allowed to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which, which is fine because I think it's better if they have their own looks. Um, even though like, you know, when they eventually did the new 52, they are somewhat more uniform ish. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's just Jim Lee with his lines there. There's just lines all over those suits and just <laughs> say what you will. Look, I, I think at a certain point, it's like, that looks really busy. And, <laughs> but, but anyway, um, so, if, you know, in the first couple of years, we got to know these characters really, really well. I didn't really know. I didn't know Hawk girl was a character. I just thought they did a gender mm-hmm. bent Hawk man. Um, so that was interesting. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, um, I immediately recognized Michael Rosenbaum because I was a huge Smallville fan and Smallville had like just premiered. Um, so I was like, I was like, I think that's Michael Rosenbaum. But again, it's like, I couldn't like, you know, and those are the days when like the credit screen was split, like our screens are now. So mm-hmm. they would show a commercial in the credits. I'm like, well, I can't, mm-hmm. can't see who that is. I can't see who the actors are, but I immediately recognized Batman as Kevin Conroy. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of that, um, you know, so Superman was recast. I guess Tim Daly was unavailable, uh, which seems silly to me, like just record on different days like they did with Rosenbaum in later years because he was on Smallville. <clears throat> but um, what did you all think about uh, Superman being a new actor? Um, or did, did you know, maybe you didn't process it right away um, or as the years have gone on, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, I didn't really notice that immediately because, again, back then, it's not like we are now where like we we like analyze everything and who's voicing what or whatever it would i was i was more in that stage what is that like 20 years ago we're talking about where i just enjoyed it and it wasn't so much we had nothing to judge it on right it was mm-hmm. just for me it was just a wonderful show right and i i like the roster because it first has a purist of dc yeah i was like okay they're going with john they're bringing Hawkgirl in and they got Wally. And my first reaction was, Hmm, I wonder why they're kind of doing this, but I was sold on it immediately mm-hmm. because Wally, Wally brought that humor. Um, that almost kid-like quality to it. Yeah. Which was great. Hawkgirl story. I mean, I remember Hawkgirl from the middle seventies from the story. I mean, it's that Irwin Hawkman of everybody that listens to our podcast know how big of a Hawk fan I am. And yeah, their story is a beautiful story. Hopefully we'll see it play out in black Adam on the big screen, but oh yeah, yeah. if anybody's not interested, they should go check out some of those Hawkman runs. And John Stewart was always a favorite of mine from the comics. And I did enjoy the fact that he was on the roster. Batman was my animated guy from the series, right? Just a continuation. Right. I thought wonder woman was again, like this is a perfect version of wonder woman. She's, She's a leader. 
she's heroic, but yet she's fierce. It's really, it's really the Justice League that we've been searching for that we've never really truly got. I love Zack Snyder's Justice League, Mm -hmm. but this tone of the show is what I, as a diehard fan, wish they could one day capture on film. Yeah, 100% agree. You know, I mean, that's my wish here as we sit here and we get more into it. I just, I would love to pray to the DC people and say, listen, somehow (laughs) you've got to get the core characters and make it lighthearted, but heroic, something that's not quite as grim and gritty and let's get this thing done. But yeah, I, I think upon rewatch recently, I've noticed the Superman voice change, but when I was watching it, I didn't know who anyone was. I was just like, <laughs> look at the heroes fight back. Like yeah. it was, it was, yeah. it was, it was to the point where like now and, and being in this space too, or where we look at the actors and how many portrayals and performances, but but we did rewatch a couple in prep for this. And I did notice when Superman was talking, I told mm-hmm. you last night, I'm like, it's different. It, it, it sounds different. It's not okay. It must've been. And then you just confirm that right now. So I'm like, okay, it's there a great is. Superman though. It is a great in Superman. this series. JJ it is a great Superman. I mean, this is like the super gun. This yeah. is the Superman we're all looking for. We all want. Right. I think um, so. A couple thoughts on that where uh, first and foremost, I think George Newbern, uh, and no disrespect to Tim Daly, who I think is great. I think George Newbern, he sounds like a Superman, like an older Superman, like uh, like a Superman that's that's got some years behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and I, you know, and, and the producers, you know, they've admitted this in behind the scenes stuff that they they when they wanted to show something was a threat in the first season, like the the first person they'd knock out would be Superman. And then at some point they were like, okay, we got to stop doing that. We're making Superman look weak. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of immediately rectified that with the season two, the premiere of the Twilight episode, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> which is not at all like the terrible movies and books. Um, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's Brainiac and Darkseid. So here's two Justice League level threats that they kind of get rid of in the first couple episodes, uh, which was super bold, but it's also you know, we get to see Superman just, and it was the first time they really committed to making the show a part of the bigger DC universe that they had already established because they referenced, you know, when Superman's brain really got brainwashed um, at the end of the Superman animated series. Mm-hmm. And um, which I, you know, cause I, it's like, there, there was a little bit of continuity, I think just, just in, just because it was Kevin Conroy, I think we all kind of assumed sure. there was some sort of uh, point. That that through. universe existed, correct? That he was coming out of that animated. Yeah, I always right. thought that. I always believed that. But uh, you know, it it just it never really talked about it much. Um, but then here it was like full full on, like oh no, all those events happened, and it's been some time, and um, and we get to see Superman in that episode. Just you know, because he Superman's always so like he's you know he's the one standing up straight and telling everybody. Okay, try do you know? Let's let's all keep a cool head here. And in that episode, and it's one hundred percent justified. It's it still fits with his character that he's like, it's dark side. Like, no, I don't trust him. Mm-hmm. Something's happening here, and and like nobody really listens to him. You know, <laughs> like he's like, I know what's going on here, and you don't. And it is a little bit of that, you know. Like I'm, I'm sure we've all had that in real life. You know, and it's so weird how these things can 
relate in our real lives in a weird way where um, I said weird like 45 times. I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> you know, when you get um, you, you meet somebody and then you're like, you, you, somewhere down the line, it's like, oh man, I don't like that guy. Like that guy, he's mm-hmm. just, he's just kind of a snake or whatever. And then you have friends that are like, oh no, he's nice to me. Like he's cool mm. with me. And you're like, oh, trust me, he's not a cool guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I, I've seen absolutely. that in, in real life where it's just like, and people are like, oh man, like you were right. That guy's kind of a jerk. And I was like, you know, <laughs> That's what I've been talking about. Right. And uh, in, in that ending there with be- that fight between Superman and dark side is just, incredible it's just superman not holding back doing his best just to you know kick the shit out of dark side and and he's probably going to kill dark side mm-hmm. and uh, and it's so and that you know those those episodes like set the bar like way higher and it's like oh is this what we can expect from the rest of the series and hell yeah <laughs> it was great i always thought the to bring up the fighting real quick. I always thought the fighting was super well done on yep. the show. Mm-hmm. I thought it looked great. I like how for the really hard hits, they do like where, where the screen kind of flashes at you. Yeah. Um, they, they always did their fair share of making everything look epic. I mean, like you, you said, it's timeless. The animation holds up in general, but during the action sequences, it does do, it doesn't ever look cheesy. Um, it's very dynamic. And you brought up a good episode there. Cause that is the one. That's a big one because you're right. It brings in these jail threat world ending level threats. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we get to see Superman kind of explode and we see his power and we get to see, I think that that episode in retrospect, I wouldn't have known it at the age when I first saw it, but in rewatching it now and understanding where the show went, that was the episode that probably let the producers and the audience know like, okay, we can, start growing this universe and this roster of characters and threats and that's i think what made justice league unlimited possible because jl only had two seasons and then we changed to unlimited so i think they said oh we could have some fun Mm -hmm. with this with this stuff we got dark side out of the way let's what's next oh the legion of doom like let's let's, what can we do next so yeah well said it it just did you're right the action it did a great job in those big, bold episodes, too. But then you mentioned this, too, JJ. They did a really good job, and it always felt to me like I was reading a comic book mm-hmm. beautifully when I was watching the show because they did a wonderful job of pairing characters together yeah, like the comic books did mm-hmm. and focusing on character development for just about everybody. Yep. And even, even we'll get into later, his Unlimited came, and they introduced, and they really opened up the DC Universe. Yeah. They, they did a good job of, of letting you know who they were, why they were, and, and what the purpose of them was. And a lot of those self-contained episodes where the stories were a little smaller mm-hmm. and there was some privacy involved, I, it was just, like I said, it's, it, it was a continuation of me of like Justice League of America back in the 70s. And it was just beautiful to see that. I never in my life thought I would get that quality of a justice league series it was great um i remember watching uh the first injustice episode you know and like i said before it was the first time i met any of these characters Mm -hmm. um and i was and i was really blown away because first and foremost i was excited that it was still clancy brown as lex Luthor because it just doesn't Mm -hmm. get any better than that um 
And, um, and I remember thinking, I was like, man, why isn't the Joker in this episode? That'd be so cool if he was. And then, and then sure enough, like he shows up later and because there was like the commercial break and then the Joker showed up and I was like jumping up and down because again, mm-hmm. it was Mark Hamill, it, you know, so it was, and he was just like, he's like, oh, Lex, you having this party without me. And, you know, and, and then he's just like, oh, he's like, all right, you know, and he's like, you know, we don't need you here. And he's like, well, sure you do. And then he pulls out the, the, the bat tracer out of Lex's like collar. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's, and it's so great because we as the audience are rewarded for watching these shows all this time and going, Oh, like, so there is a lot of history with Batman and Joker um, to the point where the Joker is valuable to the injustice league, just like Batman's valuable to the justice league. Mm -hmm. And they gave Batman his, some of his best stuff in justice Mm -hmm. league. Um, Like that episode, that, that next episode where he's, you know, captured by the injustice league and, and I just remember thinking the entire, and, and every time somebody's watching him, he just, he like Hannibal Lecter's them, you know, he just mm-hmm. like talks them. He just like tricks every one of them. And the only one he can't really trick is the Joker, but the rest of them, when they're in there, he's just like, just messing with them the whole time. You know, he, mm-hmm. he tricks Cheetah into alerting the Justice League that something, that there's a bomb on mm-hmm. their satellite. You know, he tricks, you know, Solomon Grundy into fighting Human Knight. And it's just, it's so great because you're just sitting there going like, oh my God, like this is, you know, this is peak Batman. And then when he escapes later and he's like, I could have escaped anytime. And I'm just like, Mm -hmm. of course he could have because he's Batman. Batman. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, because I think it was great because in the episode previous, he was feeling kind of, uh, uh, you could tell he's feeling a little insecure because he got taken out by Copperhead. Another mm-hmm. character I had no idea who he was, and I've rarely seen him in the comics. By the way, uh, maybe I'm just not reading yeah, the right stuff. But, um, but it 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 was great because, like I said, they gave Batman so many great things to do in the show, um, and uh, it it just it, you know me as a Batman fan, it, it cements you know anyone who says what's Batman's purpose with the Justice League, I just like watch these episodes because mm-hmm. he he belongs. He's right. There's a reason it's the Trinity with Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman. Um, he's just, he may not be as powerful, but but he is. He has his mm-hmm. place there for a reason. Absolutely. To me, this is a, I mean, and some people might call me crazy for this, but when I look at comics, TV, live action TV, film, this Batman is one of my definitive versions of him. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, he's so 110% a character. And he's never too cold. You know, we do see flashes of his caring and emotional side and his team side. He also still does his own thing. He's always got the one step ahead. He's always got the Mm -hmm. gadgets still, but this is a really, I love there are some people who don't and, and rightfully so there are some people who prefer just when he's on his own and when he's by himself doing stuff in Gotham, I think that's great. There's some people who love him way more when he does the team ups. I love both, but this is a perfect example of how I love when Batman's with the other characters. Cause even a character like Superman, he elevates yes. everyone around him. Yeah. Cause he's the, 
one of the greatest heroes of all time. And he's the greatest DC hero of all time, in my opinion. So that's why I love Batman on this show so much. I love seeing him, you know, talk to the flash and riff off of Superman and have the little innuendo with wonder woman. And it's, it's just, I don't know. I just feel like it's how it should be in the larger scope of the DC universe. So he's one of my, this version is one of my definitive versions of the character. Absolutely. It's the, it's the perfect team Batman. Which a lot of people argue that he's a fish out of water. He doesn't belong there. This is how anybody that wants to go forward. And again, I do think Zack Snyder's Justice League, the four-hour cut, captured Batman a little bit close to this version. In the team-up style? In the team-up style. I'd agree with that. A little bit. And I, for one, want to see more of that. Hopefully, we will get to see it. But you brought up something interesting, too. I especially love his little interaction with, with wonder woman, mm-hmm. whether it's, are they romantically involved? You're not sure. And him and the flash, I'm hoping we're going to see this. I know it's going to be Keaton and Affleck and flashpoint, but yeah, I love every moment of him and flash together. Yeah. 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 I, one of my favorite bits is I, I think Kevin Conroy, especially, you know, uh, being with a, an ensemble of people, closer to you know at least the character's age because it's different when it's like he's dealing with like kids in the other show Mm -hmm. uh, or younger people in the other show um but it's just you know one of my favorite bits of his is um when it's the the secret society that grod has set up Mm -hmm. and and the flat and flash is like i need your help you know i'm trying to fight sinestro and and he shows up and and Flash is like, looks like you didn't need your help after all, yo. Can you help help me tie him up? And Batman goes, catch. And he shoots him with the with the batarang. And yeah. and it's Clayface. And he's like, What gave me away? And he says, You overplayed your part, yo. Um, <laughs> it's just I love that. I, and it's like just hearing Kevin Conroy deliver that line so perfectly. I'm like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm in love with you, sir. You 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 have nailed this character. Um, and I think that, that those interactions, like we were talking about with these characters. It, it all feels real, you know, that that episode in particular with the secret society where Grodd is kind of, he's kind of messing with them, but at the same time, there's there's truth to it, where they're all a little frustrated with each other, they're not really speaking their truths, which is mm-hmm. important when you're on a team, you know, uh, in, in any sort of relationship to be able to be honest and open, and um, it's, and it's, uh, you know, they have, so they're, they're going to have issues with each other, you know, Superman is like, look like I'm the one that can take the hits. Let me take the hits. And the rest of them are like, okay, but we're powerful too. Let us help, you know? Mm-hmm. And then when they're doing training, Batman just like, you know, kill, like kills all those robots. And he's just like, all right, I'm leaving now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's, and it doesn't, and, and I never felt like the characters, like, I never felt that the characters were off. Like they always, mm-hmm. even in that situation, I'm like, this, this feels real. There's, even though we're watching characters, you know, in capes and tights, uh, doing fantastical things, the there's a you know the the Richard Donner term right the verisimilitude. There's that mm-hmm. that belongs there, and and I think that show from episode one to the end you know really nailed it. Absolutely, absolutely. I think another important thing too is that you brought this up earlier, and then you touched on this mm-hmm. too. That is it. It really never ever felt like. I'm so impressed with the way they were able to balance so many characters. Yeah. And even when the roster continued to expand, giving these other characters 
moments and letting these other characters elevate each other in these small groups and small pairs. Cause like what we're seeing is an example. And I know people say live action is different. Sure. But like on Titans right now, it's turning into a Batman show, which, Hey, I love it, but it's really turning into a Batman show and young justice. Another great animated cartoon. There were times when it felt very focused on certain characters. There's certain times, very Robin heavy at times, but this show, it feels like you said they know when to start putting in other people. They know when to start shifting around character moments on the rosters, even giving an episode to booster gold eventually of all people and kind of getting into his like yeah. origin. That's a very touching one. Um, one of the best, so one of the best episodes, one of the best episodes of the whole series. Yep. So it's amazing that we have a, this animated show where there's these great versions of the Trinity and yet, they they balance them so well and it never feels like too much of the batman show even though his presence is huge because it easily could have turned into that it could have turned into like jj you said earlier where it's all the team every episode and yeah. it's just the seven and they're doing some thread and at the end of the day it's the heavy hitters who take them down it's no they 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 make this feel like a world that's been lived in too Yep. And these characters' interpersonal relationships progress as the show goes on. And it just makes it, it makes it, it's almost like the MCU, right? Over time, you you continue to buy more into these characters and the story. And you get to see different flashes of them at different points. And it isn't always the Iron Man or the Batman or the Cap or the Superman show. Right. Um, uh, yeah. You know, the level of sophistication of the writing, because there was the crossover with the comic people and mm -hmm. Denny and everyone. It never felt like everything had a purpose in this show. Mm -hmm. Every character, and I especially love with Unlimited how they opened up the book episodes like the Once in Future thing, the crazy time travel episodes, bringing yes. all these characters, a Western. You had the vigilante, a guy like, like when I was watching the show, I was always like, does anybody but a diehard DC fan even know? Like three quarters of these characters, like you just said, you were introduced to a lot of them for the first time, right? Then you fell in love with them. And then you probably went back to the comics and researched some of them. And mm -hmm. so we've watched a lot of cartoons where, you know, the writing is so, so it's geared for kids and they never brought a character in just for fan service. We use that word a lot, right? Like right. Easter eggs and all that. It was like, everything meant something. It was kind of crucial to the story. Mm -hmm. And it just, it, it blew my mind because I felt like we were doing, we did an episode yesterday of our kiss podcast. We were talking about music where sometimes you feel like the musician or the artist that we love, they're writing a song just for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or a song and you're like, my God, he gets me so well. Mm -hmm. Like, I felt like this series was like that. I felt like it was just for me as a all time DC fan, this level of writing the level of, of, of just balancing the action, the drama, the humor, it was such a beautiful thing. And, you know, I, like I say that it's, I've never seen handling so many characters. It just, it's just unbelievable. I mean, I can't, I can't, I gush over it, but my dream would be for them to continue it or to give us uh, we've got HBO max now let's, do a couple more seasons of it. You know, I, I love when I see the cast get together on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of campaign for a, a revival. So maybe we'll see that someday. You know, it's, it's funny you, you put it that way because the uh, about, uh, and, and I love the way you said it, that, you know, they, they wrote this song just for me. Um, 
an episode that's like that for me is the the Doctor Destiny episode. Um, is another character I had no idea who this character was. Um, I eventually read some comics with him and and was like, oh, he's he's really terrifying character. Also, just love that it's William Atherton. It's 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 uh, it's Walter Peck. I'm like that guy's an asshole and everything, isn't he? <laughs> but um, but but you know that so the that episode where you know Jean is going into all their dreams and trying to pull them out. Um, but it's Batman who's running around trying to save him, trying to save everybody. I think that it's like, okay, this is perfect for me as a Batman fan because they get to see how just fucking amazing Batman is first and foremost. Um, and, but also I, I, but the other characters aren't, aren't being pushed to the side. They're, they're getting their spotlight and Superman just feeling like he's getting, what if I get too powerful? What if I can't, save everybody you know what if i kill everybody you know same with uh and then john stewart feeling like you know i i you know which i think you know and not that we can really talk about this but it maybe it is kind of the black experience in a way that he's been so far away from his neighborhood that he doesn't belong there anymore um and i think you know there's probably a lot of people that can relate to that as well as the flash thinking i'm too fast i'm never going to be able to have human interaction again yeah um which by the way that's one of my favorite <laughs> and jesse and i joke about this sometimes the the beginning of that episode when he's like uh uncle flash what's a cur and he's like uh, a bad person <laughs> mm-hmm. yes and then like later he's like rotten little curs <laughs> like we we say that a lot but uh but that episode gets to show off just how smart batman is that you know he sings the song and keeps um you know he keeps um dr destiny out of his head and he's just taunting him the whole time and I'm just like, God, this is, you know, and I said it before, it's peak Batman. Like, this is what it's about. But at the same time, we're getting to see these other characters that I wasn't as familiar with other than Superman. And they get to kick ass and they get mm-hmm. to and they get to help save the day. And it's just it's so well written that I watch that episode as a Batman fan. But I also feel like I'm watching it. I'm not watching Batman you know, save all their butts and they're all weak and, oh, what will we do without you? There's none of that. It's, they have to face their fears and they have to overcome that. And it's just beautiful storytelling. You know, I, I love stuff like that. Absolutely. And, and I think another, another example of that is they, is they always, like you said, they, they let these characters have these moments and they weave it into the story. Well, and I actually think a really great example of it's like up to that point they built this nice arc for her and then she's really at the center mm-hmm. of stopping that threat and they built a relationship up with the team well and it's it's so impactful because at that point you know i didn't know who hawker was until the show and she yeah. became a favorite of mine and i'm shocked she hasn't really been used since and i'm really hoping that the rock changes that and all this hodge changes that you know going mm-hmm. forward in black yeah, adam or yeah. post black adam because that episode enough just the way they wrote like as a young child, I was watching a person struggle between her friends and her people. Yes, and yes. it almost felt very Superman-y. You know, it there, did. There's a lot of relatable. Yeah. yeah. If like when, like when and if the Kryptonians came to Earth. So that's why I like that episode so much. 
Um, and cause I think the Thanagarians are cool. They're awesome. Like, I just like, I hope we get to see some of that world in black Adam. They're just, yeah. With the yeah, wings yeah. and the, the weapons and stuff. I mean, imagine like, a, like an HBO max series through time. I've always said just to nerd out real quick. I think after, um, I know they played around with it a little bit on legends of tomorrow, but not that much. I think a nice follow up from black Adam would to be an HBO max adventure through time where you see um where you see hawkman and hawk girl have to like find each other through time Mm -hmm. oh it could be it could be gorgeous even though i think eternals is going to do that first with yeah they're going to richard madden and Gemma chan's character i think they're already already doing that in november but you know what yeah yeah i i i will say to just to talk about legends for a second i I don't I would love to see it because I don't think Legends did it well because partially because those two actors and no offense to them they're talented they just they did not have great chemistry no they didn't and it just and it it showed immediately when she started you know hanging out more with um with you know the Adam so it's like with Brandon Routh it's like but then again who wouldn't have chemistry with Brandon Routh you know but that's another topic for another day (laughs) um not their fault no but it's fine <laughs> yeah um but yeah so let's you know let's um let's shift gears a little bit to um when they decided to after the thanagarian episode which i agree is an ama- amazing show amazing arc there um you know they they moved into justice league unlimited which really wasn't um there was no i mean there's the super friends and they had done a lot of characters on there but super friends you know those episodes are somewhat interchangeable right like mm-hmm. um it's just it was what it was for the time and i when i was a kid it was on late at night on cartoon network i used to watch it and i loved it um but you know getting to see um you know green arrow get the spotlight for an episode wildcat got the spotlight for an episode him and uh, him and black canary um getting to see these characters just um just you know you know characters that i didn't really know uh and then became my favorites like booster gold we were talking about before um so let's let's get into that like are there's you know when those when that roster started to expand um were you ever just either of you watching it going like either who is this or i can't believe they used this character you know you i mean you know um you were you know um daddy bats you were talking about um uh, like vigilante in shining night you know mm-hmm. it's like i didn't know who they were you know but it led to now when shining night was on star girl i was like that's shining night <laughs> yeah it was a dream come true for me because i remember them saying the series was going to change and my first thing was it's perfect don't change it yeah yeah but then i think the first episode of unlimited is the one with green arrow right yes yes okay so once i saw that and then I started to read an interview, I believe, where they talked about them opening up and expanding the character base. It was like Zeddy always likes to say appointment television, right? Yeah. Well, I, I, in, a, in those days, I think we didn't have the DVR, so you had to, you had to watch it. You had to or, watch or tape or it tape it or, or whatnot. But yeah, yeah. JJ, it was like unbelievable to me that guys like Doctor Fate had their episodes like wildcat like you said vigilante shining night 
They did the task force Z. They did. I mean, I can't the injustice society. It was like, it was really something. And you just like every week. And again, it was written so beautifully where it was, it wasn't just like, Hey, we're throwing all this crap at you. Mm-hmm. The storytelling was great. And some of that stuff was just really ripped right out of the books adapted from it. It, it was a, uh, it was a real trip because you just never knew who was going to show up. And what's cool is for me, it was, so I had learned who the Justice League was, thought I knew everyone at that young age. And then that show happens and almost every episode was, Hey dad, who's that? Yeah. Okay. Dad, who's that? Okay. Dad, who's that? Okay. And then it was like fairly, but I think that was fun for you too, to be able to show me who like oh red God. tornado. I thought red tornado was the coolest thing of all time. Oh yeah. Like, this guy's an Android. He does tornadoes. It's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> and then like the question, you know, Oh God, um, I forgot to mention the there's question. the great episode. How could with, I forget uh, the question? There's the great double date one. That's uh, 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 it's written, it's, written by Gail Simone. I was going to say yeah. written by Gail Simone, which I just, I just found that out with, uh, you know, uh, Canary arrow huntress in the question. And it's, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's so cool that, you know, we got to know all these characters and like good stuff from Mr. Terrific as well. You know, one of my favorite episodes is when one of my favorite episodes of, of television of all time is when Lex and the Flash switch brains. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And God the makes that happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's, called, so it's awesome, called the great man. brain robbery. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah. It, I just just peak humor of the show. Because that episode's a more fun one, but there's some oh, yeah. real stakes there. Oh, yeah. Is when, you know, Lex says the Flash goes, I'm going to see who the Flash is. Yeah. And takes off his mask, just goes, I have no idea who this is. <laughs> it's just peak comedy. Yes. Almost like <laughs> he was hoping great. it would be like a Clark Kent or a Wayne where it's somebody, somebody prominent, but he's like, right. yeah. I have no idea who this is. <laughs> right. And That's then just to watch hand. the Flash try to pretend to be Lex, like, yeah, the plan we are and then like because a lot of the villains are so dumb they're like buying into it some of them you know and it's that's just like a nice like that's a classic like 70s comic book homage where something just wild happens and i really like the beginning of jeremy adams's flash run right now because he started off doing some kind of fun wild things and now he really brought it full center back with wally again which is kind of bringing me back to the vibe of this animated series but yeah, yeah even not only the heroes, they started expanding the villains. My God, I was just going to say they did the Flash Rogues. All the Flash Rogues. Yeah. I mean, the, the Legion of Doom when they did that whole season. Bizarro. Wow. And then seeing characters like Killer Frost. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, it was, I got introduced to Black Mana through here. It was Devil Ray, but then yeah. you were telling me it's Black Mana. He was a cool villain. He had yeah. a he had a pretty cool rivalry that started with like Wonder Woman and some of the other characters. Mm-hmm. And then Dead Man, Dead Man was awesome on here. Yeah. I'll never forget when Dead Man saves Wonder Woman by going into Batman to shoot Devil Ray. And then yeah. Wayne's all upset and angry afterwards because he used the gun, but they're trying to say like it wasn't you, but it was still the premise. And that's mm. where it gets really deep again. And yeah, yeah. Oh man, so many there were so many like who wasn't used on this show. No, because they even go to the fourth world at one point. Yep. With yep. Uh, Big Varda and Mr. Miracle. So they even yeah. go to the Jack Kirby stuff. So, I mean, it's it's so dope. <laughs> it's just so cool. Yeah. I love this freaking show. <laughs> they, I, I think uh, ex- expanding the roster really meant that we could get to meet all these uh, really amazing characters. And, you know, I didn't know who Mr. Miracle was, you know. 
uh, mm-hmm. or, or Big Barda. Well, I think I knew who Barda was. No, I didn't know who Barda was because she was in uh, Batman Beyond because uh, for whatever reason they couldn't use Wonder Woman when they did the, um, the Justice League episode. I don't know why. I, but, I, I, yeah. But, uh, but I remember that. I remember thinking, who the heck is this person? But, you know, whatever. Um, but again, you know, I think that when they were able to do, you know, do more fun, lighthearted stuff, you know, and I think, um, and part of the reason they did that Flash and Lex Luthor episode was because they were like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we had Michael play Lex Luthor because he plays yeah. him on Smallville? Yeah. And then turns out that, like, it's sort of inconsequential because, um Clancy Brown just steals the show as mm, a, steals it. he just is absolutely hysterical and one of my favorite lines of all time is when he's just like aren't you gonna wash your hands and he's like no because I'm evil, evil. <laughs> <laughs> um but you know it's just you know I think that when they expanded the show the way they did and uh you know when they brought in um like Amanda Waller, you know, there was the episode mm. with uh, the Suicide Squad. I mean, they couldn't call it on the Suicide Squad, but yeah. um, it's just, it was, I remember just being so like blown away thinking like, man, they, they can do anything with these characters. Um, and one of the characters we haven't even mentioned yet is, uh, is Amazo. Like that was a character mm-hmm. that they, I mean, they, they, they elevated the source material. And I think the first great thing they did with the character was they gave him a whole new look um yeah but um and he had such such an interesting arc uh throughout the uh throughout the show and it was just like wow like it's it's amazing how they took these characters that we all know we're all familiar with and then they can bring in new characters that we maybe weren't as familiar with and and suddenly i there's not a weak link in the chain you know whether it's hero or villain um we're all sitting here going you know 20 years later saying man like look at look at what they were able to do like the um you know the the episode um the a better world episodes where they're <clears throat> it's like the justice lords mm-hmm. um really like fascinating to see like and i love batman's line in that <clears throat> where he says you, you know flash is like you know i can't believe you know they went this far and and batman says it's not that far from what we do if you think about it mm-hmm. yeah and it's just so like man this is like you know you don't want to think about that you don't want to think about the justice league being in that sort of position but um but i you know i I am hoping for some sort of continuation in some way shape or form you know they did the justice league versus the fatal five animated movie which was okay you know Mm -hmm. um but at the same time it's like you know bring bring these characters back you know they have the comic book now the justice league infinity comic uh first couple issues are out now and and they're not bad but at the same time, it's like, it's just, it's, it, this is a well-written story, but man, do I miss the, do I miss seeing it? Do I miss being able to hear it? Mm-hmm. I miss, I miss feeling like these characters are, you know, like, like, like you said, just so like, they're speaking to me, like this was mm-hmm. written for me. And for the longest time, I felt like I was the only one in the world watching this show and feeling mm-hmm. like, <laughs> like, man, this is, but this is really good. I mean, like they had an episode where like, you know, you know, Batman and, and Wonder Woman and, and Martian Manhunter go to uh, Themyscira and it's just, and people are looking at me like I'm crazy and I'm just like, but that was a really good one. And they're like, oh yeah, it's superhero stuff. That's cool. I'm like, no, it's, you don't get it. <laughs> you don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> they did so 
you see stuff and and you mentioned something that caught my ear that I want to bring up that we didn't bring up yet. And you said you miss hearing it and you might not have meant it this way, but I'll bring it this way. Two of the best intros ever. So in Justice League, the intro title sequence where it just shows all of them walking. Oh yeah. god. And then when you yeah. go to Justice League Unlimited, the <laughs> like the sexiest guitar riff of all time. <laughs> oh man, it's so cool. <laughs> that actually used to be fun fact. I don't know how far back you've went into our uh our vigilante 19 catalog, but when we started the <laughs> podcast, we didn't know like what like we we didn't have like a we didn't have a song yet or anything we were recording on the phone so we would just play the ending of the justice league unlimited yeah that was the theme so the first couple episodes you'll click the episode and you'll hear the that's how they started um to show you how much that show meant and to all of us. And at the time, you know, Zeddy and I were in grade school when the show was out. So we would talk about it a lot, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and like his dad and you would talk about it when we would get together as families at like yeah, the basketball games I, or the functions or whatever. So there was just so much. I think a lot more people have seen this than they'll admit because they'll reference it. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, that Just League cartoon. You know, or why is the Green Lantern not in the Justice League film like that Justice League cartoon? You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. you all know, you all know, you, <laughs> all know. <laughs> you know, I just, I, I, they were young when it came out and I, they watched it, enjoyed it, but I didn't have really anybody to really discuss it or break <laughs> it down like I wanted to. And I, yeah, yeah. I knew I was watching just incredibly deep and profound and great and fun content that brought me back to my days as a kid. And when he got older, we were able to watch it. And mm-hmm. it's it's a deep dive into the history of DC. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun. It's perfection to me. All five, all of it. I think, what is there, 52 episodes, I think, right? Uh, I think there's a little bit more than that. but Yeah, I th- somewhere around that. Yeah, and yeah. Because it's two seasons it's, and three. It's right? very, three. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I look at it a little bit sentimental, but you're also right, too, that those stories are timeless. The way it's portrayed is timeless that you look at that, like that episode with, with uh, flash and Lex, that could have been a story in the fifties, the sixties, the seventies, the eighties, you go on, it could be a future story. Uh, The ending was, it chokes me up the last couple episodes of the show. Uh, I mean, (laughs) to see that in real live action is beautiful. What they did, how they, how they even tied up the Batman animated. I know that's the source. Some people don't like that, but I loved it with yeah, Batman I Beyond. Cool. I thought it was cool. I love it. Yeah. Um, you know, the episode, the Batman episode where he's with, is it the girl from the Royal Flush Gang? Yeah. With, uh, with when she's going to yep. die. I mean, that's just, I mean, JJ, that's Batman. That's so brilliant. I love when people tweet that out every now and then. And I, and I say it's, it's like one once of, a month. People, it's one of the greatest, it might be the greatest, you know, comic animated like scene of all time and the characters were who the characters are yeah you're so right jj they never took a character i've never watched it once and said like oh that's not really what green arrow would do or yeah that's not what black canary would do i mean they were so in depth with the core of these amazing heroes yeah and uh 
I mean, we've got this HBO Max. They need content. Uh, I just would like to see it done in this style again. Yeah. If we ever do get another JL. Go ahead. What are you laughing about? I was going to make a joke. Snyder. (laughs) (laughs) I think they should continue on Zack Snyder's Justice League, but with these. Off. I want them to continue where they left off, but I think it would be cool because if you do it today, you could bring in, you know, you could just keep expanding the roster, you know, yeah, let Cyborg hang out, let a Jessica Cruz hang out, yep. let, you know, let some of these other characters. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it could be fun. It, oh, man. I, I now think I want I, this. Now some, I want it. HBO Max. Are you listening to this show? <laughs> some, something that I've always wanted is the, uh, which it, I, I don't think was the, the, the dark side resurgence episode, but because um, Batman Beyond, he talked about like the near apocalypse of 09 a couple times. Mm. And it's like, and I would love for them to do that because they yeah. implied that Rachel Ghoul was involved. Oh, and, God. Yeah. And it's just My like, God. man, like, write that story. Like, that's the one I want to see. And, sure. um, and, you know, we talk about like sometimes, like, you know, especially like being a horror movie fan, it's like less is more, right? But it's yeah. like, uh, it's like, oh, I don't need to see that story or whatever. You know, that's kind of how I felt about Rogue One. I uh, enjoyed mm-hmm. Rogue One, but it's like, why well, do you need to see this story? But at the same time, it's like, no, I need to see that. I need to see the near apocalypse of 09. Um, and maybe that's what they're going to do in the comic book. I kind of hope not because I want it to be, I want mm. it to be Bruce Tim getting the gang back together and writing this really epic thing. Um, so as we, um, as we kind of wrap up here, um, let me, let me ask you both uh, if you have any favorite episodes or character arcs or, or whatever, you know, because something that I I was thinking about before when prepping for the episode was that, you know, what's really interesting is that the two characters that were introduced into the show, like this is the first time any of the characters are meeting them are Wonder Woman and John and, or John Jones, I mean. And, um, and I thought they both had great arcs throughout the show. Um, We got to really meet them and fall in love with them. And, uh, you know, you said it was like the definitive Wonder Woman. I 100% agree with that. Like, Susan Eisenberg is, mm-hmm. you know, everybody talks about Linda Carter, Gal Gadot. I'm like, no, Susan Eisenberg, you know, she has her place up there with Kevin Conroy's definitive <clears throat> voice acting portrayals. Um, so let's get into, you know, if you have a favorite episode or character arc or, you know, whatever, however you want to answer that. Yeah. I mean, so in my final thoughts here, I just, if somebody listens, is listening and they've never really watched it, you, you got to go back and watch from season one and watch them all. Mm-hmm. You will not be sorry. There are so many great episodes, but one that stands apart from my mind is this little piggy. Yes. The Wonder Woman Batman. It is such a beautiful episode with Cersei. She turns Wonder Woman into the pig. Um, I, I'm not going to give it away for anybody, but you will. If you could believe a man could fly, you will believe that Batman can sing. And it is, it is just, and it's not just for that. It's actually a really good episode and it's a, it explores that Batman wonder woman relationship that I sure wish we could have saw more in it. We saw a little bit in the Snyder justice league, that little scene in the, in the bat cave when their hands touch or whatnot. But I mean, there's too many episodes I have that I love. I would have a hard time really nailing it down but that one is a special one for me let, let me just uh before you go i just want to say my one of my all-time favorite jokes my sister and i joke about this all the time is when satana's trying to cast the spell 
And she's yes. like, she said, this incantation works better frontwards than backwards. And Batman just goes, whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> we no, say that all the time. It's, the best. it's just a whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> it's, yeah. This is good stuff. She was another fun character who popped up on the show. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. For me, I already kind of gave it away. It's the great brain robbery. Yeah, just because yeah. I'm a big Flash guy. It was just so fun. Yeah. It's just so fun to go back. You could turn that episode. It doesn't require in continuity. But for a couple more serious ones, I do love Starcrossed. I brought up because what they yeah. do with Hawkgirl and they build yeah. up to that yeah. point. Then I like the Christmas one, uh, oh, Comfort and Joy. Beautiful um, episode. Yeah. That's, beautiful no, those episode, are just beautiful man. ones, man. But a favorite arc, like I said, I said this back when we did a, a Flash-centered show with um, Mr. Brendan Alvarado, the Scarlet fan. Shout out to him. This is my flash. So just Wally on this show. Um, yep, it made yep. me a flash fan. I'm wearing the flash on my wrist right now. Nice. Um, I will acknowledge there would be no Wally without Barry. Yes, for all my Barry fans out there, I'm respecting it. Yeah, I'm yeah, respecting yeah. it. I don't dislike Barry Allen. I love Barry Allen to death because he made Wally West the great character he is. On this show, he was so fun. He was so charming. He was so funny. But then at the same time, he was very heroic at oh times God, like so heroic. like the one time yeah. when he runs so fast and he almost gets absorbed into the speed force and yeah, all yeah. the team has to stop him from oh doing my God, that, is that beautiful yeah. Yeah. I, yeah so everything yeah. flash on this show is god tier for me i i totally agree uh and i think not my introduction to the flash because i think i'd seen him in some comics and stuff but sure. but really where i got to know him you know and and really fall in love with him and doing no small part to Michael Rosenbaum's performance, of course. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I could talk all day, every day about how amazing his Lex Luthor was, of course, but, um, but he also played uh, Deadshot and uh, mm-hmm. he, uh, and I, and I read that he based the voice of Deadshot off of Kevin Spacey. So when you watch it through the, that lens, it's really great. And, uh, and I love the way he, he plays that character. But uh, for me, I, if I think that, the the Green Lantern and Hawkgirl arc mm. for me was really great <laughs> because the it, it was unique to the show and and it didn't feel forced it didn't feel like oh we're supposed to like these characters together like they you know and knowing that they record ensemble it makes all the difference because those actors really get to sell their their romance and his heartbreak in the Starcrossed episode. Um, and even her heartbreak later when he's with Vixen, uh, mm-hmm. a character who I did not know until the mm-hmm, show. Yeah. Uh, you know, and again, and I love being able to say that. It's like, no, I found out who all these people were. So when they were like, oh, Vixen is going to guest star on Arrow, I was excited. Like, oh my gosh, like that's so incredible. Um, you know, and she's a great character from like uh, the Brad Meltzer uh, Justice League mm-hmm. of America run. Um, but as far as like, if I were to say a favorite episode, I mean, <laughs> all of them. Yeah, pretty much. It's, I mean, it's hard, man, I, I wrote like 10 down and I'm like, I, we don't have time to talk about yeah. it. That, that'd be a separate episode in and of itself. Right. Um, I'd probably give it to the, you know, either the, the, the epilogue episode with, you know, mm. the Batman beyond uh, elements mm. to it or the only a dream part two with mm. Batman. Cause again, like I said before, that's peak Batman chasing down the bad guy and just, outsmarting him and and it doesn't feel like batman couldn't take that guy on it's like well he's only powerful in your mind but you know batman says my brain's not a nice place to be mm-hmm. and i'm just like oh that's batman <laughs> um yes. and that's stuff that like i 
Um, one of the reasons that I don't support the whole restore the Snyderverse thing is that like, I, I think what Snyder was going to do was just so finite that it, it bothers me that these stories should be able to go on and on and on. Um, and I have mixed feelings about how the MCU has done it, where it's like, I think what they're doing with, um, you know, the Disney plus shows and the movies going forward is fantastic. But at the same time, it's like, but now I'll never get to see Steve Rogers again. I'll never get to get, you know, it's tough. It's, I, I concur. And even Iron Man, right. I mean, yeah, we, yeah. you know, we, we were worried we get too much of him, but then it's like, after he's gone for a few years, you're like, nah, maybe I wouldn't have mind seeing him. Maybe yeah. they shouldn't have killed him off. You know, um, one last thing I got to say too the, for someone that read the justice league in the seventies in, in the bronze age era, which is what the satellite era, the yeah. fact that they used the satellite yeah. is another thing that was so dear to my heart, which is why I often compare that era to this show. And it balances out so beautifully for me, which is like, no doubt in my mind, I sit here and I say to you that this show is the definite definitive version of the justice league. Yes. It's as good as we may ever get. And if it is, thank God we got it. Yeah. But those that are looking somewhere down the road, I hope they're, they're looking at this show and seeing what it takes to really make a justice league franchise yeah. work on a bigger and bolder level. And that's no disrespect to Snyder or anybody like that. Cause I love what he did, yeah. but that is a separate universe. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, JJ, that's a different yeah. thing. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree. Uh, this is, you know, this was the justice league I grew up with. So it, it like, so not seeing some of these characters in some of the books that I would pick up, not that it was jarring, but it was almost like, you know, like, like the new 52 started and I was like, Oh, this is really great stuff. And then in the back of my mind, I'm like, but that was great stuff too, you know? And it's, I mean, it's, it's apples and oranges kind of, um, but, you know, but I agree. It's like th these characters, the way they told these stories, I mean, it, it couldn't have been better. It, right. You know, they, they, they nailed it on, on, you know, on the first try and, you know, we got to see, you know, you know, Jean and, and Diana go through these really incredible arcs um, and they felt and they feel real. Like, even though we're watching them and they're in these, you know, fantastical suits and they're doing fantastical things, there's something very real about it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, one of my favorite moments is the understated moment when they go to Themyscira to fight uh, Hades and, and she brings the men with her and they're like, you know, thank you so much for helping us, but you brought men to our island, you're banished. Yeah. And it's just such, there's a reality to it that's heartbreaking. And, and, and then, you know, when they think Superman died, you know, yeah, he's that's just, another good one. Yeah, it's just like it, it, and they're all kind of like, especially Batman, he can't really process it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, it's so well done, such in rich storytelling that you know i mean like i just brought up that you know that episode where superman died it's like where they think he died it's like but we could we could sit here and dissect every single episode and probably not if we'd spend an hour on each episode we wouldn't be able to get through everything we wanted to say i feel like mm -hmm. <laughs> but you know and, and that's something i said when we talked about watchmen before <laughs> oh it's so much to talk about yeah it's yeah very rich 
very dense, yeah. Um, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, this was, you know, I was so excited to, to finally get to do this with you guys. Um, and uh, it's, I mean, it, to be able to finally like sit down with other fans and be like, you know, yeah. not that I, I, I've done this a couple other times, but just be like, oh my gosh, like this and this, and then just like having, hearing your points of view and having this generational side of it, where mm -hmm. it's like, you know, we sat down, it's like, dad, who's that? Dad, who's that? Oh, yeah. That just warms my heart. Um, Cause thank you know, you, yeah, I, it, appreciate it. I thank you. Like this was, yeah. this, this was uh, better than I anticipated. Um, so gentlemen, uh, go ahead and plug, uh, plug your amazing show and where people can find you on your, uh, on the social Twitters. You can find me at N Caruso Jr. on Twitter. And I do want to plug our show right between the eyes podcast that we do with our good friend, Rob Meyer, drummer, Rob 10 on the rock group kiss. Yep. It is a show with three generations of kiss fans, myself, him, and the guy here to my left breaking down stuff music wise. And you take it from there. Technically they don't know I'm on your left, but well, I'm like Sam. I'm like yeah. Sam Wilson. You're like <laughs> Sam like Wilson. Left. You're just on taking word for it. Yeah. Yeah, just taking because word. I would be Steve Rogers. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Settle down now. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you can follow me at Nico Cruz. That's N-I-K-K-O-C-A-R-U-S-O. Uh, you could find us at, over at the, at the Vigilante 1939, where, you know, of course, we've had a show with JJ before. Mm -hmm. um, and will again. And, and will again. Yep. And hopefully we keep doing this again because we made an awesome community here that's at the Vigilante yeah. 1939. And I do uh, film TV reviews, film TV and comic reviews over at uh, the Let's Go Podcast.com. Check me out there. Wink. Awesome. Uh, you know, guys, thank you so much. And I do look forward to being on your show again. That was a blast. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, this, um, you know, this was a total blast. Um, and, uh, you know, this, what else is there to say, folks, you know, like, we, uh, we're here for justice for all for mm -hmm. the Justice League, and all the, the, I don't know, it was <laughs> ended there. Beautiful. I love it. <laughs> Ruined. There's no words. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes. That's it. That's the ending. <laughs>